1: Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Wrestle Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined
0: by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. What a fine little weekend this has been. What are your
1: plans? Because um, we're recording this on a Friday <coughs> mm, I'm doing Smash Up, Smash Up Oh yes tomorrow. you are Yeah I've got a Smash Day <laughs> Smash Day right now when you listen to this I'm going around my friend's house We're A bunch of us are bringing some Nintendo Switches We're going to play Seven person Smash Bros And then we're going to play Smash Up The card game that you introduced me to a month ago, I got really excited about, bought my own decks, haven't played since, and now I'm the one that's got to explain the very complicated rules to everyone. Do you remember how it works? No. Basically, but nowhere near enough Mm -hmm. to explain to six people who are going to be... who are going to... Act very disinterested on purpose.
0: Yeah, and it's only really a four player game. As Is it really? One. Yeah, it's ideally played with four people. I think oh, you can no. play with more than four, but yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah, because you might not have enough decks. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, so you will, I, because you've got the expansion pack, I suppose. It sure did. Uh, but, I, but I guess that only gives me two more people. Mm. Oh, well, no, it'll give you, there'll be four decks within there. Um, which will get yeah, which gives you two people, I suppose. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. My my group of friends, they will uh, anything new or something. If any of us are passionate about something, it's everyone else's job to sort of chip away at that. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah nice, So yeah. that's gonna. So it's gonna it's gonna be difficult anyway getting them to do something that I want to do, mm-hmm. uh, and not knowing what how that works
0: and the other part of uh, explaining smash up to people as well is that you've got to be the person to explain how each deck works uh, and like what the the plus yeah. and the, the pros and cons are to each deck and
1: then why they will then work with other decks mm. together so that's i've not got i'm not just got to learn the overall rules i've got to learn 12 different decks mm-hmm. rules yeah yeah if you don't know what smash up is, people, <laughs> I bet you're you're thinking, what hell is this? Yep, it sounds so complicated. It's actually not. Mm. It's quite once you've got the hang of it. it takes about 15 minutes to figure out, I'd say. Yep, and then you're flying. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you you very
0: much got into it when we played mm. it down at the pub. I was hoping we were going to play down the pub today, uh, but you're all leaving. Oh, because me.
1: you're going to the cinema tonight.
0: I am, yeah. So this will have gone out after the event has happened. But yeah, I'm doing a special intro for Street Fighter the movie down at the Prince Charles Cinema.
1: I didn't know you were doing the intro for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm selling my book down there and I'm I'm introducing the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Thank you very much, man. That's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. What have you got any any bits planned? Are you going to do a sort of here's what was number one at the UK and US Uh, box office for an hour? (laughs)
0: where's everyone now i'm not going that insular i've already got to do like a five minute introduction so like i've I've written out some things um but yeah i'm going to keep it fairly brief just talk about sort of like the big talking points how the film got made essentially and why the film is the way that it is that's that's gonna be my big talking point mention some of the other things um that kind of like hindered the film's production somewhat um yeah and then i might read a passage out from the book i haven't quite decided yet because there's, there's a nice funny passage in there
1: from director Stephen D'Souza about
0: working with Jean-Claude Van Damme and his accent. A
1: funny passage. A funny passage. Um, I remember years after that movie was released, like 20 years, The Sun had a big front page article. uh, Because it was around the time where Jean-Claude Van Damme just gave up caring Mm -hmm. and started doing parody adverts and films of him playing himself in documentaries. Yep. Uh, and so, not, not a, a fictitious documentary, is what I mean there. And he was like, Yeah, yeah, I had, I had sex with Kylie Minogue. Yeah, he had an affair with uh,
0: Kylie Minogue uh, during that. He was very, very open about it. Mm. Uh, I believe the creators, I showed her my Thailand because mm. they were shooting out in Thailand at the time. What does that mean? Because he, cause he lived out in Thailand for so oh. long, that he knew sort of like areas to go to. Um, I, in fact, I, I think it's Byron Mann. Was it Byron that I spoke to? Byron Mann tells a story. He plays uh, Ryu in the movie. He tells a story that um, Jean Claude told me he's going to take him to the No Hands restaurant. And Byron's like, What does that even mean? He's like, Just show up and you're, you know, you'll find out. And so they go to the restaurant very much, you know, late in the evening after shooting is finished. And he goes, Yeah, sure enough, there was the sign, No Hands Restaurant. And you walk in. And what it is, it's a it's a restaurant where you don't use your
1: hands. There are just women around you that just feed you your dinners. <laughs> there were so many ways you could execute the name No Hands. I, I was worried that it was gonna go really dark. Yeah. Like people with no hands yeah. who would serve, like just bring over the trays of food on their forearms uh, that maybe you weren't allowed to eat with your hands so you just had to comically do it with your mouth <laughs> yep. like a fun apple bobbing game <laughs> yeah. but no
0: no, or a jogging way could have gone that mm. way as well but no it was very much uh, women just sit around you and feed you your dinner
1: I mean that that's there's nothing wrong with that Yep, it's very very uh, Indulgence. Um,
0: Damien Chapper, the guy who plays Ken in the movie, was just like, "I didn't grow up with a lot of money. Things are very cheap in Thailand. We were like animals."
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd want someone to feed me. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite particular about. I would. I would micromanage that. Operation. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that bit. That bit. And that bit. A little yeah. bit of that. And some of that as well. Wipe it in that sauce
0: over. There. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, more. More.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. 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 Now no, no, it's now that bit's fallen off.
0: Because now I think about like, if I was having a full English, mm. like I like my beans and um, hash browns. Like I like combining that flavor together. That's a very very nice flavor. But what if you've got a lot of hash brown but not enough of bean left? So you want to have hash browns with something else. Yeah. And so you then have to you'll have to micromanage that to make sure they don't just mop up all the bean juice because you need some of that for the end.
1: Yeah. I wonder what sort of cuisine they serve very late. In this Thailand restaurant, Ash, browns and beans. I just where said where they were well, women feeding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's totally fine, and it's that they're actually quite motherly women. And you just sit there with a bib on <laughs> and you just pretend like you're a baby I yeah i don't think that's the way that no. this place was or maybe it is maybe there's a special room for that maybe. but not in the comforting way i'm thinking of
0: no i also think as well like because i i can very much i can vividly picture that place just based off the description of it and i can just picture jean-claude van damme in that era of being jcvd sitting there with this big grin on your face your arms like around sort of like you know up above you sort of, like, hanging over a sofa or, like, the, the back of your chair and just being, like, eating and just having this big S-eating grin on your face and being like, yeah, this is what I wanted to show you. It's my John claude Van Damme impersonation.
1: If you don't know who John claude Van Damme is, mm-hmm. just picture Rob Van Damme. Yes, pretty much. They're, they look the same, <laughs> yeah. and they have the same name. It's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not really Rob's name, though, is it? What? <laughs> Um, I remember when I tweeted out about um, the fact I was doing this uh, this screening introduction. Someone did say to me, "I was like, it's amazing how a film was made with a sentient pile of cocaine." And I'm like, "Yeah, pretty much," because that was the other thing he was very open about: to his massive drug addictions mm. uh, while he was there. There's also very tragic because the Raul Julia stuff as well. And I think that's more the direction I'm going to uh, go in: is the the poor Raul Julia stuff.
1: Raul Julia Beam, the excellent uh senor adams mm-hmm. from the adams family yeah. god he's
0: so good in that movie he's incredible taken from us far too soon what an actor one absolute hero that he was as to his final movie is dedicated mm-hmm. to him and he did it for his kids bless his heart um you may remember a couple of weeks ago we got emailed in a rusev hay from someone who was at an nxt he show
1: he died from a heart attack didn't he
0: raul julia yeah cancer
1: oh okay <laughs> when you said bless his heart i thought I was worried that you'd made a no no no, a ba- a no bad. stomach cancer. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, that's that's obviously not fine. Yeah. But your wording was mm-hmm. fine. Okay, I'm be, you know, I just <laughs> told you what I think might be an eighty percent fact. Round Junior death.
0: Fill for me while I go to his Wikipedia. This is good
1: that you're really prepared for your introduction of this film tonight, where you said you're going to focus on the guy. Mm-hmm. You're now researcher. Uh, 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 I'm gonna anxiety. fill. Uh, oh man, my mind's gone blank of what I can fill about. Why is this Phil. not? Phil is a verb and a name. Phil Stopford. Phil Stopford. But uh, in his next on stop like, model. Oh my
0: God, cause just give me cause of
1: death. Surely this is on the Wikipedia. Page. I
0: know, but there's like his illness and death
1: uh, section
0: is six paragraphs long. Mm.
1: Surely you just go to the end. Stomach cancer,
0: stomach cancer.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Um, Out of context, you yelling stomach (laughs) cancer twice. So he received second
0: Saturn his final wrongs, and his was, was poor health, clearly paranoid. I so think we should go
1: loss. to the the main uh, show now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was supposed to be a Puerto Rican
1: director. If know, you want to check out <laughs> <Luke>. <laughs> uh, terminal terminal on the terminal complications. Stage.
0: Oh no, it was a stroke. It was a stroke. Yeah, it was a stroke. Yeah. So he had stomach died cancer. due to terminal complications from the stroke.
1: In. In like a surgery yeah he had he he
0: did have surgery for stomach cancer what uh just before he did street fighter which is why they had to flip the schedule around they were going to do all the acting bits first and then all the action seconds because that would then give the stunt coordinators all the time in the world to choreograph all the fight sequences then when Raul Julia showed up after his surgery from stomach cancer he'd lost all of his weight the costumes didn't fit him he was very gaunt and um, so they had to flip the schedule and do all of the action first to give uh, Raul Julia like a full two weeks where he just did nothing and he just spent time with his family in Thailand and he was able to recover they only, he only shot one scene uh, during that two-week period and it's a scene with Dr. Dal Sim where uh, you can see he is much more gaunt in that scene than he is for the rest of the film fun fact for you there you go well that, that is a 100% fact because that came from the mouth it's, well not his mouth but it came from the director Steven D'Souza we got to the bottom of it that was awkward <laughs> can I just can I go over that email though um, the sure. guy who went to the, went to the NXT show and he said he met Johnny Gargano um, and but we said Pixar didn't happen And he asked asked Keith Lee and Keith Lee said, you know, support WrestleTalk and things like that. But he didn't send pics and we said pics where it didn't happen. He did send us the pics. There's him with Johnny Gargano.
1: Oh, wow. They look like they're just outside. Johnny Gargano just looks so lovely.
0: Doesn't he just? That's the smile I want for my photographs. And there is him with Alistair Black as well. Alistair Black.
1: He just walks on the other side, doesn't he? He walks down the path that's not taken. Yeah. Which is moody. round the side (laughs) of the performance centre.
0: Anyway, that's all we've got time for for this portion of the show. Um, one of our better intros, I would uh, probably say. I think it was a home run. <laughs> Nothing wrong at all.
1: Stop uh, the cancer! <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about The Undertaker um, to kick things off. Here's an awkward transition as well, isn't it? Oh, dearie me. Here's the show.
1: Here's the show. We have... An 18-match card at WrestleMania. 18 matches. We have the matches here that Dave Meltzer has reported on the Wrestling Observer Radio. Please reel them off. We'll go one by one in turn.
0: Uh, Fun little fact for you as well, because this has been brought up on our Discord channel. Our uh, American contingent do not understand what a magazine show is. Okay. It's a British thing, apparently.
1: So it's a show where there's different segments about stuff. Rather than here's the raw review and we just talk about raw phrases, it's a little bit of everything like a magazine. Here's a feature here, a news article here, some opinion here. Yes. That's it.
0: It's like the word. 90s. I don't know what that is. It's a brilliant uh, magazine show so from the 90s. So kick us off. Let's start so, from the top. This is the uh, WrestleMania card as of right now. So we're going to get to a point where matches are unconfirmed, but we kind of we know the direction we're heading. So we've got Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte Flair, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, The Miz versus Shane McMahon, Batista versus Triple H, AJ Styles versus Randy Orton, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio, Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nese, and Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. So those ones are confirmed. Yeah. Although the Baron Corbin match may not happen according to WrestleVotes.
1: Yeah, so uh, Justin bar initially said that it's a swerve. Then Wrestling Observer and PW Insider, two very reliable sources, both said, no, no, that's, that's actually the plan. And then WrestleVotes on Thursday said... said um, yeah,
0: so it, it was the plan. WWE did not expect this level of backlash.
1: They didn't expect... <laughs> Angle's retirement match being against Baron Corbin as being anything of an issue. Yeah. That is how much, that is how little, sorry, WWE thinks of Angle. Yeah, <laughs> no so they didn't
0: expect this to get that the level of
1: backlash that it got so they may
0: now be reassessing their plans and possibly changing things which wouldn't be the first time for this wrestlemania card so here are the match oh the other one we've got confirmed is asuka will face someone She is going to face either mandy rose sonia <coughs> deville naomi or carmela which will be decided on smackdown this week but with smackdown's track record as of late it'll probably end up being a tag match and not on the show at all So we'll wait and see on that one. But apparently she is defending her title at WrestleMania.
1: Mandy Rose is particularly susceptible, and Naomi, to matches being announced for SmackDown and then not happening at all. Absolutely. So we've got that one.
0: Uh, We've also got Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns, which will probably be announced on Monday, and Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, which will likely be announced on Tuesday. That leaves us with... um...
1: That's enough. (laughs) That's already quite a lot of matches. Oh,
0: no, I've got a few more yet. Mm. Mm. So John Cena is going to be having a match. That's what the report is. But they haven't decided on who that is going to be yet.
1: Two weeks out. Yeah, they haven't decided. We are two episodes of TV for each war and SmackDown away from Mania. Yeah, and
0: as Dave Meltzer noted in The Observer, it's not even like hints have been dropped. Aside from R-Truth,
1: like, so unless it's Cena R-Truth... Hints have been dropped. Samoa Joe oh, oh yeah that's true Kurt yeah. Angle I don't know if that's canon because it was a backstage WWE article yeah uh but yeah
0: oh yeah I forgot we did that Samoa Joe one didn't we um Meltzer also said that he has been told the Usos will be having a match which, which will makes sense which will likely be a multi-person match he reckons with the Hardys the bar possibly Sanity um possibly um the other Gallows two and men- Anderson no no Woods and Big E more likely um and uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks will probably have their tag titles defended as well, likely again in a multi-woman match. Divas of Doom, Nia Jax, and Tamina, and the Iconics, and we have the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which Braun Strowman confirmed on last Monday's Raw, and the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal, though not advertised, is going to happen. Right, so that takes us to sixteen. And the rumor was it was going to be a 17 match card. However, Melzer has also said there are other, there are two other matches that are also being talked about. One of which has been set up for the past few weeks, which is Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor for the IC title, likely with Finn coming out as the Demon because that's been a lot of all, all over the kind of WrestleMania advertisements as of late. Uh, and the revival versus Alistair Black and Ricochet for the Raw tag titles, which will take us up to 18 matches, and that does not include. Alexa Bliss segment, it does not include SNL segment, it does not include the Elias performance, and that does not include a possible Undertaker appearance.
1: Yeah, so the reasons behind this Undertaker appearance as of a few months ago, there were no plans in place for the Undertaker to appear at Mania, Mm -hmm. because he's retired about 14 times already and, but it's quite significant because this would be the first time in almost two decades that Undertaker hasn't wrestled on a WrestleMania show. Mm. So, he's wrestled on every WrestleMania since 2001, yeah, I believe. He featured on WrestleMania 2000? I think um, he appeared no, but he no, didn't he, wrestle. No, he wasn't there at that point. Okay, he came, he came back at um
0: uh, SummerSlam. Sure. Was it SummerSlam? The uh, the Iron Man match. We're
1: we're here. Was it what was that? Yeah, the, we're here. We're here. Are uh, you scared? So This is momentous that The Undertaker wasn't going to be there. And we all thought, hey, The Undertaker's finally rode off into the sunset. He's just going to make a living now with ridiculously expensive signings. Oh, and uh, they are pricey. They are pricey. Like $200 a signing. Now, you've got to understand, that's not Undertaker saying that. That's the venues having to charge that much because his, I think Meltzer quoted, $30,000 an hour. Mm. uh, And you get a discount if you book him for two hours. (laughs) Oh, cool. A discount. Good, good times. Um, dead cheap prices. make <laughs> setup, set up. Uh, and they, it seemed like that's what he was destined to do until one of those convention signings turned out to be Starcast 2, which is AEW's sort of partner convention run by different companies, different people, but they are very much affiliated. Yeah, it's They're Conrad like-
0: Thompson of the Something to Wrestle, 83 Weeks, the one he does with Tony Schiavone um it's his thing it's his convention but yeah as you like conrad thompson is affiliated with AEW he's been on both of their live streams they've done thus far so yeah i think he's very like the, the two are very l- l- linked
1: together yeah starcast was birthed when all in was birthed yes. it was the same weekend in september 1st last year over that september weekend now undertaker that Appearing for that. Reportedly, Vince doesn't know the difference between these two. And, you know, even if he did know the difference, I would empathise with him being suspicious of The Undertaker... Appearing on what is an AEW style event. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get that.
0: And he's, he's very protective of the character. It's yeah. a character that, you know, he created. It's a character that he made a lot of money from for 30 for odd years. It's a, it's a character that is very associated with WWE. He was a character that I thought would never appear outside of a WWE mm. thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, and apparently, Vince wanted Taker to come back. And he was saying, look, if you drop the StarCast thing, We'll let you have a match at WrestleMania I that's he's still appearing at Starcast but whatever's happened taker like yes. talks are in place for taker to come back and uh this week there was a production truck Uh, This was reported by Wrestling Inc. And a picture was shown of it. A production truck at Raw that had the WrestleMania 35 logo. And it had the Demon Finn Balor. Had some other people. And there was The Undertaker. And it wasn't like a big graphic with loads of stars on. It was only like four people. And The Undertaker was one of those. So that's the first hint. The second hint is on Michelle McCall's Instagram story. Which I had to use my girlfriend's account I had to, to look at. Yeah, I I, had
0: to, I was trying to get to an Instagram story today because um, uh, Stephanie Patrice of Brooklyn Nine-Nine had posted up a video where she was stuck in traffic mm. behind Lana doing a photo shoot in the middle of the road and I had zero clue how to get to this thing. I could not find it for love nor money. Turns out, I've got an Instagram account. No way. I had no idea. You're on the gram. Apparently so, because I went to Instagram and I was like, oh, I, I'll, I'll just create an account now. And then I clicked it and lo and behold, there was an account already there.
1: Was it a fake account?
0: No, no, it was it was me. There's a lot of fake... It was under my... Um, fake Luke's lurking around. <laughs> of course there are. It was under my... Um, like, when I was in a band. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, I know. So it must be. It was a while ago. So Michelle McCall posted this picture of The Undertaker playing what looked like Uno... It was with, Uno. With his daughter, which is, you know, sweet. But I don't need that. <laughs> I don't want... Talk about Ronda I Rousey exposing ten. Ronda Rousey exposing the business. What happens? Like, oh, you think he's just about to lose, and then he <laughs> sits up and plays this killer hand where he lays every single card I down. I
0: reverse run. the momentum. Yeah. Uh,
1: and he had dyed black hair or dark brown.
0: Yeah. So, because this was in your news, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, well, he is doing Starcast, so yeah. maybe he do- and he's doing the Inside the Ropes tour as well so
1: that's a good point that in conjunction with the advertisement though but uh, just just
0: so i'm gonna put my hand up here for podcast listeners got look, my hand yes. raised uh this is also the company that advertised john cena for the royal rumble
1: up until the show itself that is a very fair point <laughs> anyway all this undertaker stuff if he is going to feature on WrestleMania, we're ten minutes in now. <laughs> we're finally getting after all the context has been laid out. It's like listening to a Dan Carlin podcast
0: or a Mark Maron one. Yeah, where? I want to hear about your barbecues, Mark.
1: Where could Undertaker feature? Where the hell could he fit into this eighteen match, <laughs> multiple entertainment segments, possibly eight hour show? Eight hour show, including pre show, eight. Hours, mate. So that's a two two hour pre show, I think, mm-hmm. with a bunch of matches on, and a bunch of social media lounge segments. Yep. And then a six hour main card. Yeah. I was thinking because we're live now. We did the NXT live ramble on Thursday, and that the aim is to do a live ramble for the Raw, SmackDown, and NXT rambles every week going forward. I was thinking, hey, maybe we could live stream WrestleMania or a, ro- a watch along and now i don't know if i could do that
0: i did make i said this in my news yesterday i was like you know thanks everyone for joining us on the uh, the stream thank you so much for watching we are planning on doing a wrestlemania live stream as well but it is just a plan at the moment nothing is confirmed it will be a very long show
1: yeah yeah i don't i don't I don't, I don't want to see everyone watch me break <laughs> it would just be i mean cuz to put when... this in perspective that
0: means it will start at 10 p.m on a Sunday, and it will end at 6am the following Monday.
1: You mean start at 10pm on a Sunday? What did I say? Oh, yeah, I think you did say that. Yeah. I just heard Monday. I was like, it's not seven days long, is it? It could be. If they, yeah, <laughs> at this point. <laughs> get everyone on the card. Because it's, like, it's not like The Undertaker has got a short entrance. Mm. Oh, that's a good point! <laughs> 20 minutes right there. Um, Ross Twiddell, when he had to watch 10 hours of broken Matt Hardy <laughs> laughing... That, like part of that is the time, the endurance to yeah. watch that. It's going to be the same WWE match for eight hours. Oh yeah, this isn't WrestleMania 20, which has a very varied structure to its card. Which we're watching at the moment. <laughs> I thought it was very good. So where where can Undertaker go? So at the
0: moment, Undertaker is. Well, let's not say he's being advertised for Mania. He's on production trucks, but as I said, so you know, so was John Cena for Royal Rumble stuff. So could mean nothing. Yeah. Uh, Meltzer did write in The Observer... Look at me again, bringing up Meltzer. um, Comments love it when I do that. um, Said that uh, whatever issues there are with The Undertaker doing Starcast may not have been settled, but they are not strong enough to keep The Undertaker off the Saudi Arabia show. So the way Meltzer puts it is that it's still unlikely that Undertaker will be at Mania, Mm. but he is going
1: to be at the Saudi show, which is on uh, 3rd of May. Yes, which makes me think that any Undertaker appearance at Mania, if it does happen would be to set up that match kind of the like, Saudi Arabia show.
0: Kind of like how he had the Cena match to set up that Rusev <laughs> casket match at Greatest Royal it's Rumble. completely the same. <laughs> yeah.
1: So talking of John Cena, in that list of things you had written, sorry, that Meltzer had said... Which I also wrote down. John Cena versus Question Mark, vacant currently. Mm-hmm. Now, I think in an ideal world, you'd just move John Cena to the Kurt Angle match, drop Baron Corbin... If for some insane reason that doesn't happen, I think there is a storyline there of an Undertaker John Cena rematch off of last year. It's not a match I want to see. And if I did want to, like, even if you were going to put it on, you need to make a build to that again. Like, John Cena needs to go, I am ready this time. Or maybe he just turns up at the freaking event and <laughs> says, Last year, you just showed up. Now I showed, now I'm showing up. I'm ready. I've been training for you. But then. That sets the expectation of at least a five, ten-minute match, which I don't think those two guys can put on. No, they would need a lot longer, uh, Mm. I would
0: say, to tell a, to tell a story because otherwise you end up with what the match we got last year which was more or less a squash match and everyone hated
1: it. Well, I take it then take a bump. Yeah. I didn't I didn't hate it. I thought it was fun. Well, I didn't
0: hate it because I thought it was setting up a match for this year, but yes. I'm a fool apparently.
1: <coughs> well, maybe it does.
0: <laughs> maybe it does. They just forgot about it. Kind of like the Kurt Angle thing. They started a storyline, then mm-hmm. forgot about it, and then were like and now it's here again. Could be just that yeah. again. We got, we got we got, we got 2 weeks.
1: Uh so the other thing is, I mean I'm really clutching at straws here Uh, Triple H versus Batista they both have a history with The Undertaker but I don't think Batista's going to Saudi Arabia and even WWE I don't think would put on a a second Undertaker Triple H match after promoting it as the last time ever in October Ah, with Super Showdown yeah it was the last time ever that was the last time ever it was very definitely the last Last time time ever ever. it was
0: just going to be those two yeah (laughs) I was going to say I thought Crown Jewel was like the last time ever, but that
1: that was the time that was Shawn Michaels coming out. Yeah, yeah, no, I
0: forgot which were the stipulations. It was
1: that's. I mean, that's that's the one, but I don't think Shawn Michaels would come back. No, like it, the, the the Crown Jewel thing really seemed to sour. him. Oh like yeah, any any like it's insane that Shawn Michaels returned to wrestling last year, and it is but a footnote. Yeah, right, in wrestling history
0: and. The idea was that Sean was going to get the wrestling bug again. That was what they hoped, was that he'd get back in the ring and would want to do more matches because they were going to do Michael's Undertaker at Survivor Series. And then that would then build to more WrestleMania matches down the line. Um, My idea would be to still do Corbin angle all the way up until the show itself. And then as Corbin is making his entrance, boom, lights come out. And it's the dead man is dead, and you do Undertaker Angle as his farewell match. It's not like the two are in like intrinsically like tied together in terms of their, but it's but that is feels like a much bigger match for Angle's farewell than Baron Corbin.
1: I think there's something about all those guys in the two thousand to. 2002 period where they are quite intrinsically linked in I my suppose. mind. I suppose, yeah, yeah, like Undertaker and Angle, that Armageddon match, mm-hmm. and they have feuded and, and clashed over the years. The match
0: where Angle nipped out and uh, Eric Angle got in. Do you remember that one? No, I don't. Yeah, it was one. Eric Angle came in and Undertaker pinned Eric Angle.
1: Hilarious. Uh, but the like, I don't. The, there are, there are more apt opponents for angle, but I wouldn't be against the Taker one. I've also written down here if Finn, because WrestleVotes said that Finn Balor lost the Intercontinental title because WWE have bigger plans for him, which would suggest not the Intercontinental title winning it back from Bobby Lashley. And that's what Meltzer's reporting here, that it's Balor versus Lashley as, but Balor as the demon this time. Now, Balor as the demon versus the Undertaker that's been something people have fantasy booked for years much more interesting yeah i mean again it's 2 weeks out i don't know how you can build that and even if you do build it how are you going to put on that match because the demon's got to win yeah and the undertaker won't get a chance to have a good showing because i don't think he's able to wrestle that kind of match yeah in a fig-
0: singles match lest we forget the roman reigns match from a couple of years ago yeah and you know crown jewel and and super showdown
1: yeah, and and I've just written down Brock as and well. Like interference, yeah. Yeah, maybe Paul Heyman interferes, but it's Taker interfering on Seth's behalf. There's a, there's a symmetry there with how Brock ended Taker's streak.
0: I don't know. I, I feel like at the moment we're very much clutching at straws mm-hmm. because I think this card is so full, the last thing you need is to either add another match or add in a random Undertaker appearance because it's not like it's not like it'll add to anything. Like, it'll be a moment, I guess. But, like, I mean, maybe I like just things to kind of, you know, set up and pay off. Maybe that's what that's what I'm kind of looking for here.
1: I, the more I think about it, the, the more you're not going to have any more... Like, you're right, you can't put in another segment in this card. It's too stacked already. So you just use him as an angle within a pre-existing match. I mean, I don't want to see him interrupt an Elias performance. I think that would be a terrible use of him. But... A Brock Lesnar versus Undertaker match at Saudi Arabia, I can see that happening. Yeah, yeah, Most true. likely. Yeah, and that's very the true. sort of match that you can do in three minutes. <laughs> yeah. And it protects everyone, and then Lesnar's off, presumably, hopefully, Taker's off.
0: Pure question
1: marks and, there. And you get the belt on Seth and, Seth, and then it's a new chapter, and we can finally start <laughs> anew after the Lesnar reign of terror. That's. I mean, that's the only way I can see it work.
0: It is the only way. Um, aside from, as I said, the Kurt Angle thing, which I think would be quite good, or as you say, the uh, John Cena thing—a kind of an open challenge from Cena. Um, and I suppose, like, it's—it's it's the sort of match that you can advertise: John Cena versus the Undertaker. That'll feel big time. Like that, uh, it hasn't had—you know—it'll only have two weeks worth of build, but it'll still feel fairly big time. It's just—it's disappointing that you could have actually built it fully. Yeah. But then again, like I don't think they built the last match particularly well either, because it, well, no, it it was great, but they've never felt like there was it had a pants payoff.
1: Yeah, it was the it was the opening chapter of a A larger story. Yeah, Yeah, but I thought the the opening chapter was great, very good opening chapter. Yeah, nothing else. It had no payoff. Yeah.
0: If you're wondering to yourself what the heck is a crap gimmick, well that's a segment we do here each and every Saturday on the Rumble where you, the Swap Nation, send to you us your crap gimmicks and then we, the owners and promoters of Crap Gimmick Wrestling, decide whether we want to sign them or not. Uh, the way that this works is you email me, luke at wrestletalk.com. One more time, luke at wrestletalk.com. And then I will go through the furthest one back, which is still around August last year because we've got a massive backlog of them, and then I pick them out at random with one from 2019, Ooh, not just 2019, current. March 2019. What? That's practically today. I know, right? I thought I'd change it up a little bit. Uh, so this one comes in from Jamie Alsop, who sends, who uh, suggests on August 16th, lots so knowledge. He's called that because he has a large amount of pop culture knowledge. This is a large, well-built athletic wrestler. Instead of using genuine wrestling moves, however, uh, he uses fighting techniques from films and TV shows he's seen. As an example, he will will use the boxing technique Homer Simpson used, which just involved getting hit until they get tired, because that way, Homer got a title shot by doing that. Uh, He he will often lose due to these uh, crap gimmicks being crap, uh, even though if he'd wrestled normally, he'd probably win.
1: I'm just going to jump in and say that's not a Homer Simpson invented tactic. No. It's quite famously the rope-a-dope tactic from Muhammad Ali in the Rumble in the Jungle. Yes. But it's more, it was funny with Homer because he's just standing there. And yeah, yeah, puzzles. yeah. Okay, carry on though. I think that's I'm probably just, what he's going for. I'm hoping Jamie knows that. I think <laughs> Je- I'm going to give you the credit, that, like the benefit of the doubt, the credit of the doubt. The, the credit of the doubt. the credit of the doubt. The credit of the doubt. I love credits of doubt. Yeah. And I'm going to say that you knew that... And you're intentionally writing that as a sort of trolly, sarcastic thing that has been lost in the medium of text emails. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, he adds, uh, when he copies a character, he acts like them and uses their catchphrases and even dressed like them. If he wins as that character, he increasingly becomes more like them. If he loses, though, he changes the gimmick, um, even if he kept winning as the other character he has to cheat <coughs> to lose. Uh, this is because he blames the gimmick regardless on losses and thinks that the right one will eventually win him a world title.
1: I like this, uh, a bit. it kind of reminds me of a brilliant crap gimmick that happened in WWE when Curtis Axel and Damien Sandow went through WWE Legends. So they were dressed they up were up as Hulk the, Hogan, the Meta Powers. The Meta Powers. Which was, you know, had a very, very limited show. <laughs> but it was funny, and, and Damien Sandow like you give that man anything and he will turn it into gold
0: he was the only person who could
1: have made miz dow work i know like yeah the the stunt double for the miz in the matches and he got so over why wwe let that man go i have no idea not the greatest wrestler in the world but in terms of getting over and connecting with the audience he was he, he's really something special and nobody really talks about him anymore cuz we- he didn't go on Exactly. Well, he said he was going to reinvent the way wrestling works in TNA, and I got sucked into believing <laughs> him. He He's a, one
0: of four people I believe to uh, fail to cash in Money in the Bank. Mm. Uh, I think he, it's John Cena. Yeah, he, Baron Cena, and Braun. Mm.
1: Uh, oh yeah, Braun.
0: It was Last year, Hell yeah, in a Cell. Uh,
1: they booked that well. Oh yeah, because so well. Turn it, like, handed in the briefcase real like in advance doesn't make me think of that as a briefcase well, loss.
0: Well, uh, there were some people who thought he still had the briefcase. Mm, no.
1: There was definitely a segment where he handed over the briefcase and said, the Saudi Arabia match is for the briefcase. No,
0: no, it was the Hell in a Cell match was with the briefcase against Roman Reigns. The one where Brock Lesnar came down and we got a no contest inside a Hell in a Cell match.
1: Okay. Well, I can't remember multiple <laughs> That's how of this story. good
0: a story it was.
1: So I like the idea of running through different characters and seeing what works. And you can, it's an easy way to get pops from the crap audience. But I, I, do, I don't know how much uh, attention I've got for a character whose character is that he plays other characters.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not loving it.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully Connor Davis can in Davisson do apologize. Connor the Davison, Davis, the son of Davis, Davis son. Uh sent in on September 30th. I am losing all of my words at the moment. Hey lads, you can't have a crap gimmick wrestling federation without a crap referee. Jeff Ari is a proper lovely old man that failed at wrestling and turned <laughs> into a ref because he couldn't pass the test needed as a result of him not knowing what the numbers from 1 to 10 are. Uh Basically, he knows the numbers, he just doesn't know what order they go in. He decided to try out for a referee and now loves what he does and is sure he'll be sticking to all the referee rules. Although having him referee a match can be quite difficult for the wrestlers to work with because if you go out of the ring and he begins a count, you need to be in there before 10 or you'll lose and you have no idea when the 10 will be said. Could be the third number. It could be the eighth number. When it comes to pins, it gets even worse, because the first number could be three, and as soon as the three is counted, the match is over. Heels would want to be angry and attack Jeff because he reminds them of all their granddads. They either continue the match or accept the result and sulk off. Love the uh, channel for years. It's great to see the growth. Keep going. Uh, (coughs) Keep keeping up with the consistent consistency. Consistency. Consistency.
1: I like this gimmick. I, I think the referees should be a larger part in telling stories in wrestling anyway, uh, and I think having usually I want to respect the referee. I want them to to really enforce stuff and not make them look stupid. However, this is a great way to use a referee. I assume he's a super babyface referee. Oh, you'd everyone have to be. loves him. Yeah, he's a lovely old man, really affable, and yeah, it's just I don't know if I like the idea that he doesn't know when the number is coming. Mm. Uh, because I think that mocks a d- some form of dyslexia, mm-hmm. but I do like the idea that he just gets a little bit confused sometimes. He
0: gets what number so, he got to.
1: Yeah, like so he goes one, two, way. Well, hey, that's it. Yeah. So like he doesn't count the three, but he's had it's three, mm-hmm. and so he just makes mistakes more yeah. than that. He's got cute this, mistakes. Yeah, cute mistakes, and you know maybe those mistakes could come usually at the advantage of the baby face. Hmm. It's a nice booking crutch to have.
0: Yeah. Or it could even come at the advantage of a heel. And then he feels very bad about yeah. it because he's screwed, out, uh, screwed a baby face over. Yeah. And then he has to go on a bit of a redemption storyline with that character.
1: Also, it reminds me of something that I hate now, but was one of my favorite things to do at independent wrestling shows <laughs> between the years 2011 through to 2014. When
0: you were going to Progress.
1: Progress. Before it was cool. Uh, where we were all pricks. (laughs) And and what you would do, the referee would count one, and then everyone would go in a count-out when people were on the outside, and the whole audience would shout two. So that makes the referee want to say three. three. (laughs) And honestly, we did it every match, every match for months. And it wasn't, I don't think it was, no, it wasn't Craig... Roberts, who's the guy who referees Chris Roberts. Chris Roberts, sorry, who referees everything in Britain. Bloody lovely. It love was there It was their other referee. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. He was good though, uh, but he, he he just got sucked in at like seven, six, seven, eight, and then everyone had, like because this had been building for a best part of a year. And we finally did it to a referee. Everyone went crazy. It hasn't left that referee wherever he goes. It's just. You know, he sort of has to apologise when he gets in the ring. Yeah. Poor poor Chris Roberts oh. once said, Two! <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, you, you still get it. If he's, if he's refereeing a match, someone will go, Two! <laughs> in the crowd. Because oh, his voice dude. broke when he was
0: counting. Uh, Roberts, do your job. Yeah. Do your job. Roberts, Sorry, do go. your job. Anyway, so this one comes in from Flip Hansen on March 13th. <laughs> that was nine days ago. Wow
1: night. That's how we are so up to date now. Flip Hanson sounds like the actual submission. Mm, Well, we'll come to this. Flip handsome. Oh, Flip
0: Handsome, Flip, Flip Handsome. Uh, greetings to the Wonder One, the Fake One, and the Other One, but not the Randy One. Hope you're all well. Uh, before I get into my crap gimmick suggestion, I'd like to give you a short bit of backstory behind it. The gimmick has been an idea of mine for a few years now, and it's become a joke between me and my friend. The laughter to it is absurdity has helped me through some of the darkest parts of my life. If I ever become a wrestler, this would for sure be my gimmick, because there's already too many wrestlers called Flip, so here goes. His name is Big Willie, a heavy set yet Agile, stereotypical Scottish lad who fancies himself to be more attractive than he actually is. So a bit like Fat Bastard from Austin Powers. It's my sexy body. Uh, Willie wears a skimpy blue singlet complete with the white cross on his back, in case people forget what country he's from, and Big Willie painted over his Nether Rangers. He saunters to the ring to a discount Barry White song, Joe raiding his hips, and uses baby oil to add shine to his ginger body hair. His finisher is a running powerbomb that he calls the panty dropper, and occasionally hits a moonsault, which he calls the Willie Salt. He goes toe to toe with the best on the mic with his catchphrases take off your trousers and get this Willie!" Yeah, uh, keep up the great work, lads. Thanks for all you do for the SWAF Nation. Lots of love, Flip Hansen.
1: It is fat bastard. It's
0: fat bastard. Yeah.
1: I'm. I, I'm. Because Flip, Flip there said that uh, this has been an idea of his for a few years. It's got him through some dark times. I'm now worried that he doesn't know Austin Powers <laughs> exists in particular The Spy Who Shagged Me this has happened yeah yeah. it's in the (coughs) excuse me introduced in the second Mm -hmm. Austin Powers movie this happened to my friend at school he came in one day we were in a band and he said hey check out this riff that I've been working on and he played it and we're all like You just wrote "You Two City of Blinding Lights," (laughs) and was like, "Oh no!" And he thought, like, he knew the song, he just but forgot it existed. He thought it was his own, but that was a that was a devastating moment because he thought he had written a hit. So, yeah.
0: Uh, actually, happened in a band that I was in in school as well. Um, our lead singer had written this song. He was very, very proud of it. It was called um, Ethereal Flame. I remember it now because we played it. We actually did. We actually continue playing this despite the fact that it was very clearly ripped off from something else, or at least it sounded a lot, a lot like something else. But I was like, the bassline was like doom, 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 and I always went summer loving. Yeah, it's great. So he was like,
1: oh god damn it, I wrote Greece. Hey, that's probably the perfect segue. Who wants to come to Wally's late birthday party? I'm inviting Luke. It's a Grease sing-along at, <laughs> at the, the Prince, Prince Charles. Charles. I think it's uh, late, late April. Cause late I can't April. drink because of the marathon. Mm-hmm. My birthday's next Friday. So it's going to be a, a month-late birthday <laughs> Is it a, a weekend or is it a weekday? It's a Friday night. Oh, mm. excellent time to go for a nice sing-along. Yeah, drink yourself silly, mm-hmm. and then you've got two days to recover. Absolutely. Jeez. So anyway... Uh, big I, I, well- Yeah, sorry, Flip, but that is the fat bastard from Austin Powers. I'm yeah. re- I, I, feel, I, I, I feel bad for telling you
0: that. I also hope that you yourself are Scottish.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> <otherwise> it's... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm worried that the fr- your friends think it's a joke because you don't know it's Austin Powers. Well, it could,
0: or it could just be. Bearing in mind that the Spy Who Shagged Me came out in 2000, 2001. Mm-hmm. That was 18 years ago. So there is every chance that the, you know the uh, flip here is under the age of 18, and just it was not part of their cultural, their cultural pop cultural lexicon. Because let's be honest, it's not like Austin Powers survived pop culture does to us because we were like teenagers when that came around but it's not like there are still people going around going like groovy groovy baby no one's doing that anymore like it didn't it didn't
1: it didn't grow up a generation i'm gonna bring it back i think (laughs) i think that uh it's got to be connor davidson's ref yeah jeffrey Jeffery, yeah, I think that's really groovy, baby. <laughs> Let's sign him. Yeah, baby. Yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. I don't think. Sorry to cut you off. I, I think that's going to look so awkward us saying yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like playing it. It's like my dad
0: doing it oh yeah totally like back in 1999 yeah. when your parents would sort of like this is culturally relevant
1: to the moment so I'm going to say that it Doesn't you're right it doesn't hold up the movies <laughs> are fantastic still funny people quoting the movies yeah. might not hold up oh the, but the billion does uh, yeah perhaps that's objectively funny all the time <laughs> but do people know the scene it's from They just think it's a a generic evil... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Hit us off with the mailbag.
0: If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers over on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave it in the community section because if you email me, I will just lose it. I cannot stress this enough. Do not email me. I will just lose it. People still email me.
1: I I will lose them and then they won't get read out. I'm very bad at this. Luke's losing that. (laughs) Uh, Also... Go over to Patreon and donate anyway, because we'll have a review of WrestleMania twenty up next week. We certainly will. It's and gonna be too long for you to listen to because we're hypocrites <laughs> yeah. and super serve content.
0: And the weekend uh, the week after that will be Ramble Club, mm-hmm. uh, which is where we talk general nonsense and just talk about random topics suggested to buy Patreon Pledge Hammers
1: live. And this week we are going to We actually will do we, a Big will Apple takedown this time. The, thing, yeah. the main selling point of yes. it. Yes.
0: Um Okay, so I have just remembered that someone did email me as uh, as an email. And so I figured as a punishment, I shouldn't read it out because they have explicitly ignored all of my rules. Mm-hmm. But he's a long-standing pledge hammer and he's someone Great who gets Roberts, in touch. Yeah. It, it, no, no, no. This was someone yeah. who actually emailed me. Oh. Uh, this comes in from Marcel. I've I've literally remembered while I'm on air. It comes in from Marcel. Hi, Luke, Ollie, the improver, Laurie, but still not ran- dandy rat son. Is it too late for Lars Sullivan? Back when he was in NXT, I was one of his biggest supporters. He had an impressive look that reminded me more of uh, Neanderthal than any other monster heel. I was pretty much looking forward to the huge push that surely awaited him. But now I feel I wouldn't care about it at all with his debut. I feel bad. But is it because of his anxiety attack that would cost him a lot of his menacing aura? Don't get me wrong. I'm hoping he's doing better. But could, still, uh, could you still use him as a credible monster? I'm curious about your opinions. Love you as always. Swabian pasta guy, Marcel
1: that's interesting so you, what you're saying there is rather than the video packages coming to nothing and all that was dropped it's more your backstage knowledge of someone's real life condition that would stop you believing in them in their character mm-hmm. which sounds very cynical but it is i uh, it's probably quite a realistic concern because it, that was a huge thing Back in the kayfabe days, like if uh, when Shawn Michaels was famously beaten up mm-hmm. by a Marine or something, that like they they fabricated a story where it was twenty Marines. Yeah, and like if you were beaten up as a wrestler by by a, a non-wrestler in just a normal fight, that there was so much concern that people wouldn't be able to buy into you as a tough guy, as a legit tough guy. You'd expose the business that we're not legitimate shooters. Uh, for me, I think. Fandom has moved on. The kayfabe bubble has burst. So I can invest in people's characters separate to their real-life personas. That doesn't mean I'm saying cool everything fake Ronda Rousey on social media. I'm just I'm just saying like I can. I, I personally wouldn't hold someone's anxiety attacks against them. I'm not saying you are, but even maybe subconsciously. That stops you believing in him as a killer, mm-hmm. or like as this big Neanderthal brute. Uh, I, I do not think it's too late for Lars. I don't even think it's to, which the more concerning question, which is where I thought you were going. I don't even think it's too late for Lars in the WWE officials' eyes.
0: That's where I was going to come go to next.
1: Yeah, because usually, when pe- when big plans like this are dropped, and it's because of like not just uh, sort of mental issues, but Physical issues. If you get injured a few times, Vince McMahon just gives up on you. Look at Finn Balor. The revival. The revival, yeah. So to to have this huge program where John Cena dropped because you've had these anxiety attacks and can't show up reportedly, um, it's, I but by all accounts, WWE have handled this very well based on their experience with Moro Ranello, mm-hmm. and I would hope that they they you know protect him and use him properly going forward and don't. Ten, this is a way to bury him or bring him out as a Funkasaurus kind of gimmick. Yeah, because he's like he's got money written all over him. He's that Braun Strowman size. He's enormous. He's got a great ferocity, and just the way he wrestles is so you know he moves around and he flails. I oh, love him to bits. I, I, I always
0: love that Mara Ronaldo call. He's a Jack Kirby creation come to life. Yeah, what a wonderful way to describe him. Very, very cool. Mm. Yeah, I I don't think it's possibly too late for Lars. Um, Particularly if you kept it as a surprise now, like a, 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 his debut, as rather than start airing video packages again and kind of hyping it, just having him as a surprise debut, I think might really help him. Especially if you insert him into a big match
1: angle. Maybe he, maybe he debuts at WrestleMania. John Cena, open challenge, mm-hmm. who wants some, come get some. Yeah. Lars Sullivan finally comes out of his lurking, squashes him.
0: Mm. Undertaker.
1: And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. Just, just just chuck Undertaker's name everywhere. Exactly,
0: yeah. Just you know, one freak accident and away mm-hmm. you go. Um, Craig Roberts, as you alluded to earlier, good question, Marcel. Uh, by the way, uh, Craig Roberts has asked which movie produced by WW Studios is your favourite. Mine is the <coughs> Marine Six.
1: Yeah, I haven't watched any of the Marines post the first Marine. Mm. Uh, it was enough to put me off.
0: Although I have heard the Marine Six is the best of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Like, I, I oh, you've got to watch Arrow. It gets really good twenty episodes in. <laughs> I
0: was that guy because I struggled through the first season of Arrow. Like, God, I hope this goes somewhere eventually. And then I was, I like, persisted with season two, and I was like, Oh, and actually, yeah, season two is quite good, really. And then season three was really rubbish, and I was like, God, I waste so much time for one, one short run of good TV.
1: Mm-hmm. So, what are all the WWE Studios well, movies?
0: Well, I am going to go to Bats for See No Evil. And See No Evil 2, those uh, Kane horror movies, particularly the second one with um, Danielle Harris. I uh, very much enjoyed that. Um, Fighting with My Family is their most successful one today, or well, at least one of their most successful ones. I actually also really, really liked the Hobbit, re- uh, Hobbit. the Leprechaun remake that they did um, with um, Dylan Postle, the Hornswoggle. It was really, it was really, it felt a lot like Curse of Chucky in that it kind of took the series back to, its, well, to a real horror-based route as opposed to being goofy comedy where, you know, Leprechaun in space or Leprechaun back to the hood and, and things like that. So I actually quite I really appreciated it taking itself very, very seriously and creating quite a scary monster. So I will go to bat for that, but then they've, they've rebooted it again. So I guess, not, I guess that went nowhere.
1: I, I think we can all agree that it's pure country, pure heart. Obviously. Uh, I haven't seen Fighting With My Family. That's probably the best... But it'd probably be the best movie, looking uh, what I've uh, heard about it.
0: I thought The Condemned was alright.
1: <clears throat> Condemned was fine. I yeah. really liked actually. Oculus the was cool. really good. Yeah, you liked the call, the didn't cool you? The call was good with the Halle back. Berry. Yeah, it's weird and that, David Otunga. Yeah, WWE went through a period where they didn't put their lead that like their leads weren't the wrestlers. Yeah. They were just in bit the part film, yeah. In the background and the call, cool, the call cool and the Oculus were, were off the back of that. Uh, but for me, it's gotta be.
0: Oh, Walking Tall. I didn't realize that was a WWE Studios movie. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Absolutely, Walking Tall. That film is ace. Yeah. Really, really fun.
1: Or isn't the Rundown actually. That's Welcome to to the the Jungle jungle. here, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that as well. Those are my two titles. With Sean
0: William Scott. Which is
1: insane because those are actually number two and number three of the WWE Studios movies. That's early rock. Yeah. Scorpion King, Rundown, Walking Tall. The first rock trilogy. Absolutely. Uh, Matthew Muldoon asks, uh, Is Braun on his way to
0: becoming 2019's Ryback? Both are physically imposing, have three-word catchphrases, feed me more, get these hands, and got over, which led to them becoming pushed to the top too early uh, and due to injuries only to lose. Mm. I used to be so excited for Braun, now he's just another mid-carder.
1: He's just someone in the battle royal. It is insane. 2017 Braun on fire. 2018 Braun? No, monster in the bank no he was already cooling off Like I, I, distra- I get disagree that, with I that I get that he was very big but and I I I found the Nicholas thing funny but as soon as he tagged with Nicholas at Wrestlemania that was the suffering succotash moment mm-hmm. and then it was like same things happened with Becky Lynch this year as soon as she apologised to the McMahons that's a suffering succotash moment where it doesn't feel like it right now but seven eight months later it's it's actually retrospectively the start of a decline, and the decline started there and ended with Braun losing a crown jewel. Oh yeah, because that and that's like a seven month seven month period there from April to November, and you're just like, what? Why? I don't just hate you for losing. I hate you for giving us more Brock Lesnar as the champion. We all thought Braun was winning that match. And he should have. It was Baron Corbin's fault. He, sh- he should have won the match. He absolutely should have won that match. And perhaps I'm actually, <clears throat> I'm looking back at
0: 2018 with rose-tinted glasses because as soon as you said, like, I-, I was like, yeah, but he was still massively over. And then all of a sudden I started thinking, like, that Kevin Owens feud. That bloody Kevin Owens feud, where he was the babyface, yet yeah, he was acting like a complete tool and a massive bully. Randomly
1: turned heel. Yep. Randomly turned face back. Yeah, yeah, totally. That the, really the, killed the a lot of his momentum. Of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Randomly thrown together. Yeah, yeah, Frankly, absolutely right. 2018, absolutely right. terrible year. Terrible year for Braun, and it's gone on worse this year. Yeah. Um. He is, he won't, he, so, but he seems to have a great attitude backstage. Ryback, by all accounts, did not have that. So I don't think he'll be relegated to undercarder, pre-show, you know, the the pre-show stealer yeah. stuff that Ryback did, uh, but I, I think yeah, he's it's unfortunate he's he's a mid-carder now.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Zach asks, Hi, Luke, Oli, El
1: Fakedor, and insults. Uh,
0: insert insult from Randy Andy here. I just wanted to ask you about the Kofi Kingston angle, particularly the gauntlet match he went through. After beating, I think, five men, Vince just added Brian and screwed him. This is an example of Deus Ex Machina for an unfinished story. If Vince could do that, why didn't he just refuse to give Austin the title whenever he wanted? Just because a character has the ability to do something doesn't mean you let them do it in the story. Thanks in advance, thanks in advance to Zach. Well, that was always a common criticism of the Austin era, was that why didn't Vince just fire him? Yeah. If you hated him this much, why is he still employed?
1: Yeah. For me, that's one of the necessary things you have to just get round because otherwise you'll ask, well, why do they run back after an Irish whip? It's it's one of those bits. But I totally get the criticism. Uh, I guess for some parts it's usually like, there's another authority figure, Linda, Mm -hmm. working... Because the answer is just more authority figures. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I I thought you were going to go a different... I don't think Brian is a Dasex Machina there because he's very much part of the story. Yeah, He's not come out of nowhere there. But you're right, the, the inconsistencies with Vince and just how authority works in wwe has it's it's never been consistent yeah. so that's kind of like a, a yeah it's a white noise thing now <laughs> yeah josh the lock asks
0: hey luke ollie el fegador and chopper with all these multi-women matches are we to presume no women's wrestlemania or not moolah battle royal there's no mention of it so i wonder what you guys thought thanks in advance well reportedly there is going to be one they just haven't announced it yet
1: yeah, and it's, it raises the interesting question of who's going to be in it well everyone else yeah, but you've got a lot of people in the... You've got eight women in the tag match, uh, three in the in the main event, and mm-hmm. then two for the SmackDown. That's 13 people right there. Mm-hmm. How much of a, a women's division do you have outside that? Not Dana many Brooke. stars. Yeah, there's no stars there. Sure, you've Naomi. got bodies. No, yeah, oh yeah. Well, ah. I don't
0: think Naomi's... I mean, Naomi might, might get the match with Asuka, I suppose. I don't like that, considering they used to be tag partners last year, I'd have liked that to have been a storyline, but hey-ho. NXT call-ups. You know, there was like, what, like five or six NXT call-ups last year, wasn't there? Because you had like Taiyara Conti in there, and um, the really tall um, Indian lady, I forget what her name is now. Yeah.
1: But you also had Banks, Bailey, Nia Jax, all those people that are now consumed by the tag
0: match well, I'm, I'm, yeah but I'd much rather than be featured in actual matches as opposed to just being bodies oh, sure. within yeah, the battle yeah. royal yeah. Well, so I don't, I don't mind the battle royal just being <laughs> filled with you know filled with Lana and you know other just people filled with Lana just filled with Lana fill it up with Lana all the Lanas Dan the Man asks your top five best promos in WWE for him it's Rock Punk Austin Cena and Mankind keep up the great work you are consistently consistent and awesome thumbs up LG <coughs>
1: yeah of course rock punk Austin Austin yeah man wouldn't
0: put Cena in there he was very much of the scripted promo era, yeah and, yeah. and I didn't
1: like him yeah <laughs> I've only liking Cena is only something that's happened very recently that's <laughs> what tw- mid 2016 yeah, so I would put Heyman in there yeah Heyman, absolutely it depends how far you Joe. go back, like WWE promos, um, I feel like there's a bunch of Jake. Yeah. Jake the Snake oh, Jake I was the put snake. in Absolutely, there over yeah. over Austin. Because although Austin was a great promo, it's not like I don't know, he also gave us what? <laughs> yeah. I would yeah, Rock Punk. Rock and Punk are definitely in there for me. Um and then Heyman. Yeah. And Jake. Mm-hmm. And probably Mankind, yeah, Foley.
0: I'd certainly say Foley. Foley would definitely be in there because I think he was able to get a lot of like real raw emotion in mm. a lot of his promos. Vince, Sin Cara. yeah. Absolutely. Lucha. Did or is that Kalisto. No, that was Kalisto, mate. You're Get racist. My mixed racist. Jonathan Hedman says Hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, Pete, Val, Tim, James, Shannon, William, Theodore, Frederick, that woman in the van offering cigarettes, James, Lewis, Josh, Liam, Matthew, Brian, Ashley, Byron, Cardboard, Diesel, listeners. I think I've covered everyone. My question is What's next for Wrestle Talk? Keep up the cellar work and I
1: look forward to your answer. What is next for Wrestle Talk? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> we are having a match for the very fate of Wrestle. It's almost like that's been put in there. As Just to, to, to lead Yeah, this. Yeah. We're having a match. Me and Fagador are going to go at it hard <laughs> on Monday for the very fate of Wrestle Talk. We're having a match. And yeah, I, I don't know what's next for Wrestle Talk. These screen know. stalker guys are trying to absorb, assimilate the channel. So yeah, we'll have to see what happens on Monday.
0: Yeah. You want one more question? Yes. Uh, well, Cameron Sykes asks, uh, will there be pay-per-view live streams going forward? We hope so, but
1: WrestleMania is a very long show. Mm. Well, But, um, yeah, review shows in terms yes, of... Yes, those will always be, yeah. So maybe not the pay-per-view live streams, but we will live stream the review. It might not be... It's concurrent with the pay-per-view. So, like, you know, pay-per-views Sunday night, but our review, rather than going up at 7 p.m., will be live at 3pm talking GMT. Yes, absolutely. And very lastly, Razman's Reality
0: says, hi guys, hope you're well. I've written so many questions to Luke and we'll see it for the ramble, uh, but these two in particular are fantasy bookings for Mania I'd like your opinions on. First one I don't see, but I can see WWE doing it. Could WWE combine Drew versus Roman and Seth versus Brock into a fatal four-way for the Universal title? Seth feels like an afterthought to Roman since he's come back and devaluing his Rumble win clearly doesn't matter given Becky's booking. I could just see them going this way what are your
1: thoughts i don't see them doing that i mean anything's possible in vince mcmahon's crazy mind at the moment depends
0: on what side of the bed he wakes up on
1: yeah it's only two weeks out i think they're more building up drew for roman to beat to face seth afterwards i think seth roman is vince's yes Mm -hmm. dream for
0: the next season certainly a Summerslam match yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah, we'll probably have them that that will be the big
0: storyline coming out of
1: Wrestlemania uh,
0: and he's, his second one is I know this one is 98% unlikely but as uh, Laurie said a while back we need Becky as undisputed champion at Mania have her take out all the women in Tuesday's Smackdown match, challenge Asuka for doing nothing with the title that she made the talk of the industry, beat her and then go on to win at Mania combining the championship the same as the tag team uh, have one's win- one women's single title open up, uh, opens up feud to a slightly smaller roster and keeps away devalue uh, that has happened with Asuka, thoughts?
1: I, I, mean, wouldn't, I wouldn't do it with the women's title. I would do
0: it with the tag titles, the yeah, men's tag titles. Yeah. I think they... I've said for a few weeks now, probably a few months, combine those two together. But I'm, I'm not for com- uh, combining the women's titles together.
1: I think it's a good idea to give Becky some momentum because that has flattened out in recent weeks. But there are so many reasons against this. Chiefly, I know this horse has bolted, but the brand split is a thing. <laughs> yeah. And I would like them to to be as distinct as possible after WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. Uh, I get that the women's titles are going to travel, but everything else I want to keep in their own little red and blue boxes. Uh, And also, there's, there's so many women that they'll get lost in the shuffle now. I think there are enough women to have separate singles divisions on Raw and SmackDown.
0: They just choose not to on SmackDown, I think. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think that's basically... The problem is, is their top women on SmackDown are involved in a Raw feud. Mm. And that's that's why Asuka has been sort of left out in the cold, really, because they spent so much of last year building everything around Charlotte and Becky that when they gave it to Asuka in December, they were like, well, now we've got no one else. Like, we've built no one else on the sort of like off the back of Becky and Charlotte. So our entire women's division feels like nothing. Like, Naomi had no momentum. Carmella has no momentum. Fire and Desire had no momentum. And you're, just have, you're left with Lana. And that's it. And that's your entire SmackDown women's division right there. The Iconics. I forgot about the Iconics. And Nikki Cross, I guess. And Lacey Evans. They're also part of SmackDown.
1: Yeah. I, yeah I,
0: I'm probably forgetting some other people as well.
1: Also, I think Becky winning the title at Mania is a huge part of this story. To have her already have a title going in. I think would take away from some of that elation. I, th- I
0: think what Raz is getting at though is that then Asker it becomes a fatal four-way with Asker in there as well to crown like one undisputed champion. Oh,
1: right, really? Between, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, beat her Oh, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. Combined. Oh, no, no,
0: yeah, beat her and then go on to Mania combining one champion. Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, unfortunately I, I don't like either idea. Yeah, uh, yeah unfortunately me neither. <laughs> When we did the live stream <laughs> for the NXT Ramble, a lot of people... I don't know if you noticed it, but a lot of people wanted me to yell out the word hamburger. Hamburger, yeah. yeah. I,
0: I went through scrolling. It doesn't scroll back very far. And those, like, the, the super chat stuff doesn't then go into the comments section. Um, so I'd, I would not actually get to see what a lot of the chat was going on.
1: Yeah, it was all... Well, I was just burying you, mostly. Okay. Burying both of you. And uh, one person... Chow? Chow something? They, they were really obsessed with me shouting hamburger. and I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then when you were doing the things at the end, they thought, I can slip in a, a hamburger while they're doing the Patreon shout-outs. So I did. Now I'm worried if people listen to the podcast, they're going to want us to shout stomach cancer. <laughs> In the background.
0: <laughs> I'm absolutely not doing that. No. Absolutely not doing that. Uh, Jaron emails in to say, Hey, guys. Uh, so it was an event in 2718 where the crowd would do the wave and throw around beach balls. Here's a link to the video I made to the Raw after SummerSlam 2017 where you can see how many beach balls were thrown off camera. Anyway, being that WrestleMania is in New York this year and the Raw and SmackDown afterwards will be in Brooklyn, mm. do you think that the beach balls were to come back from the rowdy crowd? Would anyone still care? It's the night after WrestleMania. The crowd is expected to be crazy. My thought is that the backlash from previous years will come... Uh, Back from the same WrestleMania crowd. Uh, I'll be sure to take more videos from the crowd that night. Looking forward to hearing (coughs) from you guys. Love the podcast.
1: I think not. I think the beach ball thing's passed. Mm -hmm. I think something else will happen to show disapproval. So we had CM Punk chants. By the way, when, when fans do this, when large groups of people do the CM Punk chants or the Mexican wave or the beach balls... Yeah, it looks childish, but that's the way this large mass of people is articulating the fact that they're bored and WWE isn't putting on a good product.
0: You say that, but sometimes I think they just do it to be dicks. Remember they did it during the Seth and Dean match that we're all supposed to be massively into?
1: But we weren't because we'd sat through freaking three hours of so th- SummerSlam. But then you've been given the point. thing you want to see. Yeah but, yeah, but you're already burnt out by that point. It's like... You can't judge it in a, in a snapshot instance. I think you can. You've been worked very over early in the ages. night
0: as well. That was like second match on the card. No, it the, wasn't. Second
1: or third match on the card. No, there was the great... The SummerSlam. What? SummerSlam when Dean and Seth united against the bar.
0: Yeah. SummerSlam 2017. You had the great
1: New Day match beforehand on mm-hmm. the pre-show, yep. which was excellent. And that was a two-hour pre-show. It was way longer into the card than I thought it was the 10th match on the card. Yeah. Out of, so, uh, so out of 13. two, three hours into the main card, four, five hours... Into the show. Big Show
0: defeated uh, Big Cass. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Big Cass defeated Big Show with the Shark uh, Cage. Shark Cage. Yeah, Natalia, Naomi. Yeah. John yeah. Cena, Baron Corbin.
1: Screw the crowd. It's the crowd's fault.
0: Finn Balor defeated uh, Bray Wyatt.
1: Absolutely not. I, 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 I think it's W. Really, it comes down to WWE not putting on an engaging product. If it was a cracking show, you don't see that behavior at TakeOvers. And TakeOvers are the same crowd of traveling, dedicated fans. Mm hmm. That's my two cents. So I think uh, you might get a beach ball or two, but I think people are quite on that now. They rip it apart. Yeah. So I think something else will happen. I predict Vuvuzelas. <laughs> Vuvuzelas haven't God, been around for they? many I'm a year. Absolutely not been around for a while. Have they? Yeah. God, you remember that period the, of time. Uh, the World Cup 2008 six, eight, I don't know, Ooh, in yeah. South Africa, mm. uh, the Vuvuzela happened. Yeah. And it's an instrument, like a horn, that just... You can buy on street corners, they're very cheap to make, and they make a very annoying noise. Fart noise. Yeah. And when you've got lots of people
0: doing it, it just sounds like there's a big swarm of bees. A din. A din. There was... Uh, the BBC, I think there was it was written at the time, that they were trying to find... <laughs> The anti-frequency to it, oh, to cancel it to out, to cancel it out, so they can then essentially play the anti-frequency
1: mm. over, like during a broadcast, to t- to get rid of it. Are you familiar with brown noise? uh Yes. Yeah. So brown noise, folks, is the frequency that just makes you poo your pants. Yeah. Sounds like the whole episode just, of it. I think they should just play that noise. If people start doing vuvuzelas, I'm, but yeah, everyone's everyone's crap in their pants. <laughs>
0: Uh, Do you want some 80% facts? (laughs) Of course I do. Uh, Flip Hansen, who got in touch with us, you might have heard his name uh, on the podcast just a moment ago during the Crap Gimmick segment, uh, says, greetings to the Wonder One, the Fake One, the Other One, and Chopper. Not Andy. Uh, Yeah, absolutely not Dandy. Here's a couple of 80% facts for you. Cleopatra invented the formula for cat food because Egypt worshipped cats at the time and Julius Caesar invented dog food.
1: The formula for cat food? Mm. Like you're mixing elements... In a Bunsen burner and test tube. Mm-hmm. I don't... But that, like, if the first ever cat food... I guess they just chucked them steaks beforehand. Or guess, other yeah. bits of raw meat. Probably people. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. cats devouring people. Cats it, the size of a horse. Maybe it was just people.
0: It was, you know, rough times. I don't know if
1: dogs and cats would eat a person.
0: Um, I bet you they would. You reckon? Yeah. Cats are a bit different now. Because mm. like, they expect
1: Sheba. 2,000 2000 years ago. Mm -hmm. Reckon a cat would eat a a man. I I reckon so. Eat Mark Antony. (laughs) Uh,
0: He's got uh, a couple of other ones here. It's illegal to die in the Houses of Parliament. (laughs) Uh, And this last one, which I can say say for a fact is 100% false. Um, because uh, the, right right from the start. Um, lastly, one for Luke. The original voice actress for Miss Piggy in The Muppets was said to be so invested in the character she stopped eating pork and demanded anyone eating pig-based food around her to leave the room. Frank Oz voiced uh, Miss mm-hmm. Piggy, famously a man. Um, it was also Yoda
1: and Fozzie Bear. And I saw him eating a pig last
0: week. <laughs> yeah, so that's absolutely not true. But uh, I, I can tell you this is a 100% fact. Frank Oz was so invested in the character of Miss Piggy and any character that he played that you were not allowed to address him um, if he had the puppet on. So if you were doing a scene, you'd have to talk to Miss Piggy. You weren't allowed to talk to Frank because then you would be... the People on stage would be like, Frank, can you do this? And you would turn around and go, Are you
1: talking to me? Uh,
0: and then they would have to go, Sorry, Miss Piggy, could you... Could you go over here, please? Because he would just go straight into character.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's so cool.
0: Yeah. Did you see that tweet that was doing the rounds last week where Frank Oz was defending The Last Jedi, saying, like, that is exactly what Yoda would do. And I would know because I am Yoda. And then some fans tweeted him going, like, no, no, you were Yoda for, like, three weeks. We've been with Yoda for the rest of our lives. We know that character better than you do. And there's a lot of people going like, good lord entitled Star Star Wars fans are the absolute worst.
1: I but I I mean, I don't think if you if you portrayed a character on screen as an actor I don't think that necessarily gives you ownership of the character. No, but
0: it means you know that character better than anyone else does. I don't, I don't particularly, think you can automatically
1: if, assume that. Particularly then. if like,
0: the mannerisms of Yoda were created by Frank Oz. Mm. Like, he is, he is that character.
1: Yeah.
0: So I think that he, he would then know what that character that would character. Yeah, he would then know what that character would do. That's what actors do. Actors know what their characters would and would not do. It's why very good actors will tell, will have conversations with directors about, well, my character wouldn't do this, particularly within soap act, like soap acting. They play a character for so long, they were like, that's not
1: what my character would do. I don't know if every actor would be like that. I, I, well, good actors would. Yeah, or maybe they're just there to. I don't think Matthew McGonaghy in his Matthew I'd, Mahogany I'd, in his I don't care. <laughs> Era of 2000 to 2012. Yeah.
0: Would. I don't think that Harrison Ford would care about what Han Solo mm-hmm. did and did not do. Yeah. But Just I think that. Please kill me. Please kill me Just off. Kill I do not her. want to do these dumb movies anymore. Um, but I do think that Frank Oz would care enough about. I mean, look what he did with The Muppets. Like, he, he quit The Muppets over the Jason Segel movie because of fart shoes. Really? He he said he goes that is not that is not the muppets. Not that now, is not fuzzy. That is not what we created the muppets to be. We're not fart jokes. And so he quit uh, being quit the muppets. I mean, but I disagree with that. <laughs> I I'm not saying I agree with it either. I'm just saying that he was so invested. So he's
1: got a bad interpretation <laughs> of
0: what the muppets are. You could argue that he and Jim Henson, as the longest serving apart from you know, when Jim died, um would probably know the characters better than most people. I'd, I I'd also say it's the least funny joke of the movie.
1: I think it's... And
0: it's also not a
1: funny joke. I th- I think it's a funny joke. I th- because if you get into this debate, if you keep... There's an... The one example I can think of is George Lucas. That, you know, st- who knows Star Wars better than George Lucas, you could argue.
0: I don't even think George Lucas knew, though.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. But, like, that's one of his arguments. I know that I, this is my world. I'll do what I want with it. And... I very much disagree what he did with it. I disagree what... I mean, Vince has been pretty consistent with The Undertaker, to be fair, but there's plenty of wrestling characters Mm -hmm. that I would argue I know more about their character than they do. You are the worst,
0: (laughs) absolute worst entitled fan.
1: I'm not entitled. I'm just like, I think I've... These things are available for, for readings and everyone to get their own interpretations of yeah so if a character does I, something you disagree I, with
0: i would say that you are well entitled to say i disagree with that character choice i don't think that character would do that but i would never go as too far to say i know that character better
1: yeah that's it's a poorly worded one exactly to, that's to that's the argument course. it's
0: not to say i disagree with character choices it's to say i know that character better
1: but what if there was a scholar but if there was a scholar and someone who wrote loads of backstory that became canon of Yoda, and he's, you know, he's a, he's a Yoda scholar, he's written loads of expanded That's universe Zan, stuff. Timothy isn't it? Yeah. Does, does he know Yoda better than Yoda? Oh, it's just fanfic, really, isn't
0: it? <laughs> um... I'm going to see if I can find... Actually, well, will have to bring the show to a close because we're running a bit long on this outro. But thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for hitting the download button on this. And uh, we'll speak to you again next week because we've got Raw live, got SmackDown live, NXT live, live Wrestle Rambles. Feedback to those would be great because I was a bit concerned how the NXT episode was going to sound because I thought it might be a bit ramshackle. I'd try to edit around it the best I could. Oh, for the podcast. Pod, for, for the Podswafters, mm. yeah. So I'm hoping that it sounded okay, but please do
1: let me know. I think, well, I, I won't, we won't have the producer jump in like I was. I was just excited. You were very excited. So, and you so always have more, to be on camera. You yeah. always have to be the of attention. <laughs> so I think it will be more of a... It will just be normal, yeah. but you can also watch it live at 3pm GMT. And the Smackdown Live episode... Well, I guess be the SmackDown Live live, live episode. episode.
0: I know I had to amend my script reading because <laughs> I was like, well, I can't say SmackDown Live in live wrestle rambles.
1: SmackDown Live Squared. <laughs>
0: um, thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely weekend. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.